Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring your Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast. You're home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike Lepree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 96 of Screwball and the first episode of our prediction series and kind of the first episode of our kind of our regular season, even though regular season is still about a month or so away. Uh, but we are still going to stick with our prediction series. Uh, it's just times up really well with what we hope is still the opening day for baseball. So we're still going to run through all six divisions. We're going to do a seventh follow-up predictions episode where we kind of put it all together and give awards and where we think everything's going to go. So just kind of disclaimer, I think it's kind of not really news to everyone that there's still no CBA and there has been a kind of a freeze in free agency. So these predictions we're going to give uh, are what we currently have. You know, we're going to offer some, like, you know, spots and lineups and, and depth charts where teams are going to are going to probably make upgrades. But we can't judge it right now because we don't know what those upgrades are. But we, you know, we're just going to do our best here to still kind of give general idea what we're looking at for each team. Uh, so kind of this is the third year of us doing this. So this is, uh, uh, you know, we start the same way we also started our um, – all-time teams list we start with the AL East and then we go uh, by each division in the AL then flip over to the NL and finish that way so as for our first episode here predictions we are going to start in the AL East and we are going to go uh, in order of teams just alphabetically no real uh, order that way and we're just going to talk about each team quick what their depth charts looking like so far and where we think they can end up and maybe what their potential is in the future you know whatever so we are going to start with the Baltimore Orioles Let's just run through what their projected starting lineup is as of right now. So the projected starting lineup I have right now is outfielder Cedric Mullins, first baseman Ryan Mountcastle, outfielder Anthony Santander, DH slash first baseman Trey Mancini, outfielder Austin Hayes, shortstop Ramon Urias, uh, second base Rognet Odor, third base Kelvin Gutierrez, and catcher Jacob Nottingham. So, you know, the Orioles, I don't see them being like blockbuster trade slash uh, free agent guys, so I don't sp- suspect much of this to really change with free agency. You know, so, I mean, they have a fairly good lineup for a team that's really not competing at this time. I think that they have talent, like, especially at the top of the order, could really do some damage. But, yeah, I don't know who you have, if you have anyone different than that, or if you have some, you know, um, some other guys you want to go into. Maybe you have guys on, on the bench that can maybe play a role on this team. I don't know. Yeah, I got a couple of guys to mention. Um, <clears throat> just a note, too, while we're doing this. Um, you know, I got a lot of my information right from the team's websites. With the CBA not being around, these depth charts, active rosters could be a touch off as well. There could mm-hmm. even be guys on there that might even be a touch outdated yeah. at this moment in time. So that's something to note. I think for the most part, we're going to be about 98% accurate here, 99% accurate. But if there's a slip up, obviously, we're trying to do the best we can with the information we're handed. Yeah, same here. So some other guys I got here, I got Jorge Mateo. The Orioles could be a decent little piece. You know, some pitchers-wise, you know, you got John Means, obviously, uh, Keegan Aiken, or Atkin, Bruce Zimmerman. Uh, pitching-wise, relief pitching, Tyler Wells, Tanner Scott, some bench guys, DJ Stewart, Calvin Gutierrez. Um, so, overall, their team's not real, real deep, obviously. Um, but they got some nice pieces. I heard Cedric Mullins could be on the move when the deadline comes back up. Even Mancini, Means, 
they have some openings, maybe a catcher, third base, shortstop even, where they can maybe get some sort of stopgap, you know, fill for a year or two and trade him, you know, if he's playing well, trade him for some, you know, flip him for some returns, Simmons, kind of guys like that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where they're sitting towards the bottom of the division. You know, the good news with this team is this is our third year doing it, so you kind of see somebody's prospects still. You're in, you're out, right? Yeah. That the Orioles' prospect, their farm system is on the up and up, and they are pretty good. You know, a couple guys to note, Adelaide Rushman, of course, he is the top prospect in baseball still at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Grayson Rodriguez, a pitcher. He is eighth in baseball right now. Yep. Give or take, these could be a touch different too because these rating, rankings haven't really been updated since, what, in the last year because of the CBA, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. for the most part, this is where they're at. Right. Um, and then a pitcher, D.L. Hall, who's ranked 72 in the top 100. Um, and overall, the Orioles have five players in the top 100 prospects. So they're on, you know, the up and up. And most of these guys here, these three guys here, for the most part, you could see them this year. Uh, worst case, probably next year. So you're talking about like instant, like they're going to be here. Right. It's finally like, you know, turning the page for the Orioles here with some other pieces. Like you mentioned, Mullins, Santander, Mountcastle, guys like that. They have some pieces, some money to spend. You know, they're going to be somewhat exciting here uh, pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, they have some pieces. Like they have a John Means. They have a Cedric Mullins, Mountcastle, Trey Mancini. They have these guys that... You know, sometimes it makes me question why are the, why I don't think sometimes the talent reflects the record. Sometimes, I mean, they had some slides in 2021. So I think that they are a little bit more talented than sometimes the record gives them credit for or sometimes the way they play. But th- then again, it's a team that has nothing to play for right now. So yeah, that plays into it too. Divisions. Yeah, so they get beat down sometimes by specific teams in, in yeah. their division. They so. play in a different division. You know, it's four or five different games, four or five different wins probably. Yeah. They're so, playing a little bit weaker division. That's very true. Um, but, I mean, we kind of been saying it's the third year of us saying it, but they're going to be on the come up soon. Definitely sooner now than when we first predicted in our you first see, episode. you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, the red light starting to turn green. You know, whatever you want to, you know, saying you want to use here. But, there, you know, there's hope. Sooner hope. Right. You know, kind of like what we mentioned with the Mariners in Detroit um, in years past, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or even previous episodes where, like, you're kind of, the page is kind of turning. Mm-hmm. So... But um, decent roster. They got some pieces they can move, some flexibilities and prospects. So they definitely have some stuff to work with. So this team is definitely, you know, one of your bottom dwellers. But, like, it's not bleak. Yeah. Yeah, i definitely say that out of the five teams you have to talk about here, they are probably going to be the team in last. But, you know, there's a lot to look forward to a lot sooner than when we first talked about them. And they have a great ballpark. Yeah. That they're trying to do some renovations to, actually, field distance-wise, maybe – Track a pitcher or two, right? Mm-hmm. But overall, the ballpark's great too, and that doesn't hurt them. Yeah, so we'll you know we'll see. Obviously, what happens to the Orioles in the next say two to three years, but it's getting there. the 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 rebuild is happening, and you never you know? know with this new CBA, they could just jump in and be like, you know, here's money, let's get Correa, right? Yeah, you never, you never know. know, and that's yeah. completely, you know, changes their their rebuild. Now oh, yeah. they could be possibly open in the window. Yeah, with now all of a sudden coming up, you got a guy like that, so. Um, you know, a lot of teams, obviously any of these teams can do something like that, but you know, they have the ability to do it if they want to, they can just snap their fingers and be like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And it's, it could be a, you know, attractive to a free agent who's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one to help build this team. Especially like, an I'm offensive be, player yeah. with that stadium oh, and yeah. the other stadiums in the division. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Almost all of them are offensive stadiums for the most part. So, yeah. you know, you like your, your chances there. So, uh, the next team we'll move to is the Boston Red Sox. So the projected lineup, at least I found there is uh, leadoff hitter 
uh, utility player Kike Hernandez, third baseman Rafael Devers, shortstop Xander Bogarts, DH slash outfielder JD Martinez, uh, outfielder of Alex Verdugo, first baseman Bobby Dahlbeck, uh, outfielder Jaron Duran, uh, catcher Christian Vasquez, and they just before the deadline, I believe, they got outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr. back. So that's kind of what their lineup is looking. Still a strong lineup, as I've I've kind of been saying for a few years now with the Red Sox. They always tend to bring a pretty strong lineup. The bottom half's a little has some question marks. Um, and I may not even be accurately reflecting what the true, you know, if you're a real Red Sox fan, like they have a Jose Iglesias, they have a Christian Arroyo, these guys that could slot in at these different positions. But I think that the Red Sox have a great lineup, and we'll talk about it in a sec here, but they have some good pitchers. I, I think that it's this is where the problem comes to the AL East. Like last year, they won the wild card game and then made somewhat of a push in the playoffs, and they really, in my opinion, didn't have that great of a roster. But like, any team, for the most part, this is where it starts in the conversation for the AL East. Like, any team other than the Orioles really could, like, win this division, get a wild card, do something in the playoffs. I mean, I think the Red Sox are probably the lesser of the few teams, but even last year proved that they can just come right up and, and surprise you. So, uh, I think the lineup's strong. Uh, I'll let you kind of handle the rotation because I know your boy's in there. Um, and they do have an okay bullpen. I wouldn't say it's their strong suit. I'd say it's probably the weakest part of their team. Um, but overall, I, I think the Red Sox have a, a a good team. I think they have a competing team, you know, sure. which is what Boston wants. So. Sure. Sure, yeah, the Red Sox are, you know, they're all right. right? There's talent. They're competitive. Pitching is, you know, if the guys are having good years, they're, they're, they're good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they go by possibly what's on their back of their baseball cards, they could be up and down and really be a big swing team. Win 10 out of 12, lose 10 out of 12. So it kind of matters when you catch them, right? Just like you mentioned, a couple of these guys, you know, Christian Arroyo, guys like that, right? Um, some younger players, Rafael Devers, Bogorts, obviously, some mainstays, J.D. Martinez. Pitching-wise, Chris Sale, of course, came back from Tommy John, looked great last year. That's a big, big plus for them. You get a, you know, a workhorse like that, top of the rotation, with an arm that feels good again. Um, Nathan Avaldi seems to be a really good, real solid at least three guy. He's a, one of the better three guys if he's your three guy. But oh, yeah. he's probably our two guy, right? Nick Pavetta, just, you know, guy that goes along his business. He's, you know, good for a rotation piece. Can come out of the bullpen if needed. Uh, Matt Barnes and Garrett, Garrett Whitlock out of the bullpen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Plowecki on the bench, backup catcher. Decent piece to go along with Vasquez there. But overall, offensively, like you mentioned, they're pretty good. Defensively, somewhat lackluster. Devers and Bogarts aren't the greatest. Defensively, Jaden Martinez, if he's in the outfield, is not great. Mm-hmm. Kike Hernandez is pretty, good, pretty much good wherever you put him. Some positions he's better than others defensively. Dahl back, kind of first. Christian Arroyo, you're not talking about great defensive guys there. So, you know, they're more offense, and hopefully some pitching comes along. Mm-hmm. So they got some talent. Um, definitely some room to add to the bench, maybe first base. You know, those free agents after, they could definitely add a pitcher or two, right? So there's definitely things they're going to add, and they can really help Bolster's team. But as that sits right now, they're okay. If they have good years, great. They could be, you know, pushing the division. If they have more what they could put up or what they – their averages or what their back of their baseball card says they could put up, you're talking more of a 500 team or so. Mm-hmm. So the good news though, they have some prospects as well. Shortstop Marcelo Meyer or Mayer, he is the, I believe he is a top 10 prospect in baseball for the Red Sox. He's obviously their number one guy, but I believe he's a top 10 in all baseball or so. Um, I don't have his listing here for some reason. <laughs> the next guy I got here, Tristan Cassis, first base prospect. Okay. He is 18th in baseball. 
And Jaron Duran, who we've seen a little bit last year, he is the 25th prospect in baseball. Mm-hmm. So they have decent prospect pool, and they have four in the top 100. And it looks like and they have three in the top 25. Yeah. And isn't Jeter Downs right in there, too? Isn't he another he's one? one? Of, yeah, I think he's the other one in the top 100. Yeah. I, I got three here, but yeah, he's the other one in the top 100. Yeah. Um, so they have some prospects on the, on the up and up and up here, and Jaron Duran is, is here now. Yeah. Um, so they got some guys, you know, kind of here. So overall, they have some good pieces, some flexibility to add more pieces, and a couple some prospects coming up. So they're in a decent spot this year. Um, next year, they might be a little beat up. Yeah. I think sales contracts starting to come up soon, right? J.D. Martinez. And he's only getting older. So, you know? yeah. So they're going to, you know, as the years tick on, they're going to obviously feel worse, but they have some prospects and they have some money and they have some room. So decent team. Again, this is kind of what we're handed right now. Obviously, that team could be changed big if they go swing for a first baseman. They go swing for a trade for some of the guys that are out there or, or Freeman or something like that. Obviously, team makes a huge change or a big pitcher. Changes a lot. They go get Rod Doan, something like that. But as it sits right now, you have a good idea of what they're what they're looking at. They're looking at probably more of a mid tier, five hundred wild card push team. Yeah, with the potential to put on a kind of what they did last year. Yeah. Um. I. I mean. I suspect just some preliminary rumors that you know. I suspect a a, a, pet, a pitcher signing. I think that they could really benefit from another starting pitcher. Yeah. And, and some, I think that some I, of these teams too, they have signed guys. They're not official though. They well, weren't true. officially announced. I believe they were like Rich Hill. They mm. got Rich Hill, but it wasn't officially announced, so they can't put them on a depth chart. So we can't really put, we can't really add them to our depth chart. So there's obviously pieces, people that are already technically signed who aren't official that we can't put on here too. So that right. can change some of these teams as well. Well, it's we, like the last two guys I have on here are Rich Hill and Michael Waka. So, it, but I, I don't even know if Michael Waka was part of that uh, deal where it's like a not official quote unquote deal. Um, but you know, those guys could play into their rotation, but say you get like, like you said, like a Radon and I, from what I remember hearing prior to the lockout, they really liked their Schwarber, his time there. Yeah. So you maybe expect the signing with Schwarber as well, which would bolster the lineup quite a bit. Maybe not the defense, but, um, you like what you you see out of him in your, in your lineup. So, um, there's definitely going to be some changes there. I don't think this is what they're going to run out for sure. Um, but it's pretty much, I, I'd say at least your top six guys are pretty much put together. Yeah, three quarters you know? of this team is, is right there we just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think the bullpen, may save like one piece that they could throw in there, I think the bullpen's pretty much where it's going to be. So, but yeah, they, you know, like you said, mid-tier team that has a, a potential to be, even especially if some of the other teams have down years, could potentially be a, a, a division contender. Um, the next team let's go into are the Yankees. Um, so this is a little bit of a weird... I had a little bit of a hard time because we are Yankee fans. Like, I kind of know that their their infield's a little shifty right now and they're going to make moves after the the CBA. So here's just literally what I could put together from what would make sense if they just ran the best team they could out there right now. So leadoff hitter, third baseman, DJ LeMayhew. Uh, outfielder, Aaron Judge. DH, Giancarlo Stanton. Outfielder, Joey Gallo. First base, Luke Voigt. Second base, Gleyber Torres. Uh, outfield, Aaron Hicks. Uh, catcher Gary Sanchez and shortstop Gio Urshela. So that's kind of what the lineup would look like if they literally just said, "Hey, we're not making, we're not doing anything, we're not signing anyone. Here's what we're running out." That to me made the most sense. Um, but there were a lot of rumors prior to the lockout that they're going to make some moves. So they're like a team like the Red Sox, where while like 75 percent of this team is put together, there's going to be some changes. And you know, I, I think that the Yankees, pound for pound, still do have the most talent in this. Um, in this division, I said that probably three years in a row, but 
Um, just because you have the most talent doesn't equate to World Series or division titles or pennants or anything for them, really. Um, so while I do, I still maintain they have the most talent, can they put that talent to good use and make a cohesive club is what forever will be the question with this team. So, I, like I said, you know, even with additions, I think they could make some serious additions that could really put them over the top. But um, they're such, as a team, a question mark with, with how they play as a team. It's not so much the talent. The talent's there. It's playing as a team. And that's what we're going to get to with the next team does so well without quite the talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Consistency so, is key yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, And you, you mentioned some guys here, um, you know, some other position players. They got Esteban Florial, you know, Miguel Andujar hanging around. Um, Pitchers-wise, obviously Garrett Cole, Jameson Talion, Gumby, Severino, Roldis Chapman, Chad Green, Jonathan Loisega, right? Some good pieces there. Mm-hmm. They obviously have a big question mark at first base. They were in the Matt Olson, the Freddie Freeman, the Anthony Rizzo races, right? Uh, shortstop, Simmons, Correa, kind of talks there about some sort of shortstop, maybe a DD re- uh, reunion. You know, there's there's some pieces to go around there as well. Maybe a smaller piece of Jose Iglesias, right? There's, there's stuff that could be done there. Um, maybe they do a third base piece. Maybe they do a second base piece. Maybe they move somebody. They maybe they trade Torres. Maybe they, you know, there's so much that's gonna happen here. A pitcher they can get, a relief pitcher. Uh, Yankees are kind of open, almost to all their positions, right? Outfield they even can get rid of Gallo or Hicks, even if they can eat money. And so they're kind of open catcher, even right. Yeah. We have uh, the black hole behind the plate there. So they are open. They have talent on paper, right? They got the, the Dodger look, the the Mets every year, right? They look good on paper until they actually show up on the field because half of them won't show up. The other half, you know, they're hurt. So then you end up with, you know, crap. So, you know, we're, we'll kind of see where they're at. We'll see with the CBA and after. But definitely they're going to be in the first base hunt and some shortstops. And, and so they're going to be all over. This team definitely could change. But right now they're talking, you know, they have some of the more, most talent in the division, in the AL. And they should be towards the top of this division in the wild card for the most – you know, at least, you know, they have some pitching, they have some depth, they have some power, they have a lot of power, they have a lot of swing and miss, a lot of walks, defense is not great, base running obviously not great, <laughs> but not a bad team as it sits right now. But this is a team that's going to change for sure, and if it doesn't, there, there's going to be a lot of angry people around the New York Stadium because sure. um, they were fans were going nuts last year. So this year they kept the same team. They're going to go punch people. <laughs> so I'll be, I'll punch Mike really. Sure. So I guess I deserve it. Yeah, he should. He does. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, prospect wise, you know, Anthony Volpe or Volpe, you know, whoever you want to, whatever shortstop, uh, 15th ranked prospect, uh, Jason Dominguez, 17th ranked prospect, the outfielder, uh, the kids like 12 built like a built like a house. They see, you know, I mean, yeah. I've heard this story before, right? Sanchez was the defense like Pudge and offense like A-Rod and he doesn't do anything. So, <laughs> heard that story before for millions of years. He was coming up, coming up, coming up and he came up and he was crap. So, thanks for that. So, heard the stories before, but he's supposed to be some sort of, you know, the Martian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's supposed to be some sort of great. Um, and then they have Oswald uh, Peraza shortstop. He's a 58th ranked prospect and overall they have four in the top 100. These are some trade pieces. Um, Dominguez isn't, I believe, that's pretty much shut down, locked out. He ain't going anywhere. But Felipe, Volpe, Peraza, trade pieces. Foyt, Torres, Gio, Gallo, Hicks, they're all trade pieces. 
you even have a very underdogs pick to be traded in Judge. And the CBA comes up with his deal coming up, wants a lot of money, somewhat injury-prone, big guy, can he play outfield all the time? Is it a chance to trade him? I wouldn't be surprised. So you even have a, you know, a kind of dark horse pick there. Um, so there's definitely moves to be made here, prospects coming up. Pieces, they have depth, they have lots of shortstops, which means they have lots of utility guys in the prospect in the, in the minors. Um, so there's just a lot of moving pieces that are going to happen here all at once when we have a CBA signed, which should be soon. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of shifting to this team. But like I said, even if you ran out this team, you know, you could make this team work for sure. Um, paper, I, this is one of the better teams you're going to see in the AL. That's Yeah, so I mean, and the fact that they want to upgrade is, is pretty impressive, so... I think that this is one of your better teams. You're looking at one of a potential division slash, you know, I mean, they're, they're a pennant slash World Series threat every year. Um, if they can bring that cohesion together, stay healthy and play as a team, then they're going to be dangerous. And that's that's always where the question lies. Um, no one's going to question their talent. So, um, yeah, good team. Um, they're pretty put together. You have a good bullpen, good rotation, good lineup. It's just um, what is the uh, – you know, what does the season bring? It seems like there's trials and tribulations every year, and I think last year they squeaked by into a wild card and lost in the wild card. So um, you never know. You know, David David and Goliath type thing. You can always take out Goliath. And this team that we're going to talk about next is a perfect example of that in the Tampa Bay Rays, um, who, in my opinion, has pretty mediocre mid-level to a little bit higher-level talent on their team, but they turn that talent into a top-tier talent every year. And it's amazing that they do it every year, and I've pretty much, I'm pretty much all but done second guessing them because they seem to do it every year. But as for the Tampa Bay Rays projected lineup as it's sitting right now, uh, amid you know a bunch of you know there's some trade rumors going around with especially their outfield, and there's just always there's always something with them. There's always like a master plan. It seems like there's always some Ray guy they don't have that just fits the Rays. Yeah, stadium things they're working on. It's always something with the Rays, but it always ends up. Yeah. Well, anymore ends up being pretty good. Yeah, but yeah. always something. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about the race. Yeah, so, I mean, um, to get into it, you have uh, leadoff hitter, second baseman Brandon Lau, shortstop, newly signed Wander Franco, uh, DH slash outfield Austin Meadows, outfielder Randy Rosarena, first baseman G-Man Choi, third base Yandy Diaz, outfielder Manuel Margot, catcher Mike Zanino, and outfielder Kevin Kiermeyer. So, you know, right off the bat, they have a good lineup, and they are a lineup that, plays that does their job and plays a role you know you have your speedy guys in Wander Franco um, and Manuel Margot you have power guys like Mike Zanino uh, Austin Meadows Brandon Lau even showed a lot of power Um, they have good defense good speed they have good instincts on the bases they play their game they play it right and I think this is uh, a dangerous team even though when you kind of look at it and you break down each position they there's not many positions that they excel at better than other teams but as a cohesive unit especially in the rotation which you know you look at this rotation without Tyler Glass now and there's there's some question marks there too but somehow it always comes together for them you know they all of a sudden you look and they're a 95 win team you know and they're pushing for a wild card and the division hard so um this is a good team you know you have guys you have probably three to four potential probably three guys potential that could put up 30 to 40 home runs Mike Zanino is certainly going to put up home runs. Brandon Lau, if he has a year like he did, he could. And Austin Meadows, if he has a year like he can, he could do it too. And Rosarena, you know, you forget about him. He was really, he's still kind of a young, you know, youngin. And Wander Franco. 
Um, I don't know what Wander Franco's power potential is. We have yet to see him in a full uh, season. He's also twelve years old. Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to say where he'll go in his in his. You know, if he's getting more contact, speed, powers, he could be everything. Yeah. But um, you know, I'll let you get into the the pitching here because um, you know, there's there's a few guys, especially I think they made one big signing, and their bullpen is by committee. Their bullpen's, uh, you know, when I looked up. When I looked up their roster, it usually has closer, setup, setup, setup. It was just setup, 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 setup. Like yeah, it was just like there's no, there was no set closer. It was just they're all set up, man, and they just figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the Rays are a good team. Yeah, you know, for what I have here, G Man Choi, right, still around, and Yana Diaz, a guy who looks to be more of a power hitter, but really isn't. He's just a kind of contact hitter, and just kind of swings, makes contacts. You know, poor man's early Gary L mm. for the Rays, right? So they definitely have a good lineup. Speeds and power on base. They strike out though. I mean, they just they play good defense. They just, you know, what are you good at? What are you best at? Oh, I'm fast. They use it. Mm-hmm. I'm a power hitter. You're a power hitter. They just, you know, they have their sectioned. I'm this. I'm this. I'm this. Then do this. 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 Don't be everything at once. Right. Because you only got one of them a team. Like it's kind of like everything at once. Right. Mm-hmm. That's probably their Franco here or Randy Rosarena. Pitching wise, you got Shan, uh, Shane McClanahan. Right. Yep. Then they have McKay too. He was out all last year. Brandon McKay, the, yeah, the dual. Switch, the switch guy that's both. Um, yeah. I believe he's coming back this year. That should help them at some point, right? Yeah. Uh, Corey Kluber, they signed. Uh, seems like it could fit right up to Ray's alley. He pitched in the AL East last year, so he definitely knows what's going on. Uh, Ryan Yarborough, which is just the Braves. Just, he just does godly work for them. Mm-hmm. Puts in innings, does a little bit of everything. Opener, closer, setup man, starter. I don't know. He yeah. just does things. He pitches good. He's a good piece for them. They got a good, you know, got a good little bit there out of that. Uh, Glass now, good chance he's out the whole year. There's a possibility he comes back late, maybe as a bullpen guy. Maybe, 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 but mm-hmm. that would be big. But he could be a big trade piece is the, the word on the street, I guess you could say. Bullpen-wise, Pete Fairbanks, Andrew uh, Kitteridge, right? decent pieces. You know, Brett Phillips, Taylor Walls off the bench, you know, decent guys there. So overall, they have kind of their race team. It's good. If you put them on paper, you're probably talking more of a 500 team. If you just know and watch the game, you're probably talking 90 wins or so, 90 to 100 wins. Um, and they have another team that will make a move. They'll splash in whenever they want. Mm-hmm. And they'll sign somebody for a little bit of money or they'll make a big trade or whatever. So we'll see what they could do. They're definitely open for business 24-7 when the CBA is up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Prospect-wise, they always have good prospects. Um, Shane Baz, pitcher, ranked 19, baseball. Vedal Brujan, uh, utility guy, ranked 21. We've seen him last year a bit. Mm-hmm. With Ronda Franco, and Xavier Edwards, second baseman, at ranked seventy in mm-hmm. baseball, and they have five in the top one hundred. Um, so they have the depth to make some big moves, trade wise. They have some money, but uh, their team's pretty set here, and they're just kind of ready to attack. A couple move, a small move here or there, and they're they're kind of tooled up, tuned up, ready to you know fight for a division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're um, they're ready to go. I think that there's. Not a whole lot that's going to change with this team. I think that a big part of also their their success has been keeping core units together, like a Kevin Kiermeyer and, and guys like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I you know they're going to be up there. It just is what it is. Um, it's just these guys they come up and they play well, and they know what they do well, and they let them do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Brandon Lowe does his thing. Meadows does his thing. Kiermeyer just plays defense and gets hurt. Uh, <laughs> Rosarena's just kind of. You know, a little bit more tamer Yasiel Puig back in the day, right? Zanino plays great defense, just mash the ball, strike out a bunch. It's fine. Yeah. Do whatever you're going to do. Whatever you do best, do it. Right. 
we don't we don't need you to do everything. And that's kind of what we fought with last year with the Yankees and some other teams. Like, just have, you do this, you do this, you do this, and we'll be good. Yeah. And that's what the Rays do. So, and they play great defense. I'm not sure they have Joey Wendell still around, right? I don't know if he's... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Joey Lunch Pale. He's yeah. the Rays perfect, but that's a great nickname. But uh, <laughs> just play great defense. I just remember watching him, just, you know, he was going nuts at third base. Then he's over there playing second base. You know, he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosarina diving, flying through the air. You know, they play great defense. They steal bases. They run the bases. They hit home runs. They strike out, but they walk. They play. They pitch great. They're in every game. Yeah, and they, can they win sure it in are. Every way. They can, out, they can out-hit you sometimes. They can out-run you. They can out-defense you. They can out-pitch you. Um, they do it in every facet of the game. Sometimes you you gotta do that. You're not mm-hmm. always gonna out homer somebody or out pitch them. You gotta do a little bit of everything, and they can do that. Yeah, um, for sure. And you know that's just what they do. So they're definitely a contending team with the ability to add, as every team is. But they could definitely add a piece or two, fine tune it, and be, you know, wild card and division push. Yeah, I think they're uh, I think they're a pretty good wild card bet, and I think that they're a division threat for sure. I think they're a big division threat. So with that, the last team we're going to get into is the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that I think, and I said this last year, has some of the most talent in the lineup. Um, and the, I, if I had to guess, they're not done yet um, to fill a position, but uh, we'll see with that. So uh, the starting lineup for the Blue Jays, at least how I have it projected, is uh, outfielder George Springer, shortstop Bo Bichette, first base uh, Vlad Jr., DH slash outfield Teoscar Hernandez, uh, outfielder Lourdes Gurriel Jr., uh, outfielder Randall Gritchick, second base Kevin Biggio, catcher Danny Jansen, and third base Santiago Espinal. I think that you have Bo Bichette and Vlad Jr. right back-to-back, I think is a, is become, quickly becoming a pretty deadly combo in a lineup between speed and power. You like really, really, really like what you got there. Springer is a leadoff hitter. We know what he can do as a leadoff hitter. If he can stay on the field, then he's an outstanding, and he's an outstanding um, uh, clubhouse guy. A lot of people really get behind a guy like that. Um, so, you know, you like that out of the top three spots. Then you have Teoscar Hernandez, who I think is one of the more underrated hitters in the game at this point. I think that he's fantastic. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., same way. He's vastly underrated. And then you have Yankee killer Grandel Gritchick in the lineup. You know, he always just seems to come up with big hits when you need him. And then you have guys to fill in roles, like Danny Jensen is a great uh, backstop. He's not a great hitter, but he, 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 he pretty much uh, – does his job behind the plate. Kevin Biggio still, I think, a little bit of un- untapped potential there. I think you could see maybe big years out of him. And third base, they got to figure out: do they want to go with Santiago Espinal or do they want to really upgrade and put some power, put some punch, extra punch in the lineup, and more than they already have. And they make some. Although they made a big subtraction with Robbie Ray, they made you know an addition and have a fairly good rotation, better than past years for them. And you know, I would say that their bullpen is definitely a. Uh, you know, is a weakness, but they have some pieces. Um, so I, I think that the Blue Jays have a lot, a lot of talent. And I think on paper, probably one of the better teams in this lineup, uh, in this division, I mean. And I picked them last year to be a wild card contender, and I still think that that's where they're at now. I mean, they what they missed the wild card last year by a, about a game or two. They were, they were right. It was the last weekend they were right yep. in it. Um, so I think that they're right there again. And I think that watch out, you know, if, if things start to gel and, and – you know, things go right for them and the ball bounces the right way. I think they're a division contender too. I think that yeah. they're just that good. I, I, always, I really, I just like this team. I don't know. There's something about it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. The, the Blue Jays, I mean, you mentioned George Springer, great in the clubhouse. He was, you know, great videotaping signs uh, or, you know, <laughs> sure. cheating with the Astros. So sure, it's great in the clubhouse. But uh, that was funny. Um, yeah, overall, I mean, uh, you know, they got power, right? But they go cold. 
was their problem. They didn't have the hitters, the, the consistent hitters. They kind of, you know, scored 10 runs in the first and then maybe get two hits the rest of the game. It was just, they, they do that, mm-hmm. right? They do run the bases a little bit. They play decent defense, right? What you have to look out for with them is Springer's injury concern, right? Vlad's, you won't expect him to put up another year like that, right? Can he? Yes. Could he put up better? Yeah. But can you write it in there and be like, all right, it's what he's, no. Right? That's just mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. how it is. And, and Bichette scares me a little bit because he just fly around. And sometimes those players who just fly around, they just... Kind of like a Tatis type. Start, yeah, start getting banged up. Yeah. So it's something to concern. But they have a very, very good team. Biggio Hurt is a trade piece they have. The work, you know, willing to work with. You know, they they have a good, they have a good team. They have third base open. They have possibly second base open. Uh, you know, pitching wise, starting pitching, they got uh, Ryu, uh, Barrios, Scalsman, Alex Manoa. Uh, heard they were interested on Tyler Melee or Mo- Molly. Also, possibly Sonny Gray. I uh, heard they're also in on before the before the CBA came up. Mm. Uh, the bullpen, you got Jordan Romano, Julian Merriweather, who pitched great. He was hurt most of the year, but he pitched great when he was there. Mm-hmm. Nate Pearson, if they want to go the route of just having him in the bullpen, the guy throws 300 miles per hour and he's nuts. <laughs> yeah, he he could he could be a huge huge piece of this. Absolutely, he could be your closer, and he could be a two inning closer because of his his, his starting pitching background. Alejandro Kirk, as a split time catcher, he played good. Mm-hmm. The Blue Jays, and then you know they mentioned Santi, I guess Espinal. So they have good pieces. They have the ability to make some more moves at third base, probably possibly even catching um, more pitching moves. Like I said, they're concerns. You know, hopefully in Toronto for the year, right? Yeah, that also hurt them a bit. Um, just Springer's injury concerns, and then you know it's hard to pencil in Vlad's really MVP year. Right? Yeah, obviously you can keep doing it, but you can't pencil it in every year. And then you lose a guy like Simeon, who was just you know mm-hmm. MVP. Option number three, right? Right. That's uh, hard to lose. So, and then the Cy Young. Sure. Yeah. So, you lost a little bit there, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they have a really good team. Exciting team. Um, excite the, you know, the city of Toronto and their fan base. Hard division. But it's, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they have room to, to get even better. And they're young. Which yeah. can they, the guys they already have can get better. Um, Prospect-wise, uh, they have Gabriel Moreno, catcher. He is ranked 32nd. In all baseball, Orellis Martinez, shortstop, ranked 44th, and Jordan Groshans, shortstop or utility guy, ranked 55th. So, and they have three. So, all three of those guys are in the top 100. It's all their top 100. So, they have three guys in the top 55 in baseball, essentially. Pretty good. Um, yeah, so they have some pieces they could trade. If they want to get make a big splash, and they have a little bit of money, and they have a little bit of flexibility. Um, so, this is a good team. They. Definitely, definitely could be competing for the division. Definitely could be competing for the pennant and be in the World Series. Or they can, you know, be fighting for a wild card if they struggle a bit. But they're definitely going to be in the playoff hunt all year, and they're going to be – their ups are going to be up, and their downs could be down. There's that kind of hitting team where they could really be mashed the ball or they could be cold. Um, yeah. But their pitching's getting better, so those cold streaks, maybe they can still pull out some more wins than go 2-10. Two and, two and ten. And a stretch, maybe they can go, you know, four and eight, and that just that keeps your season afloat. Right. Those two and ten stretches really hurt you. You know, just making it a four and eight could be big, big, big right. down the stretch. So I yeah, think that's absolutely. what the team's really starting to build. It's starting to get more consistency, take away them big slides, make them smaller slides, and you're talking a pennant team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I mean, I know last year was kind of the year of the streaks. I don't know why teams just went on 10 winning streaks and then 10 losing streaks, that kind of thing. I think at the end of the year that killed them. They went on a huge winning streak, and all of a sudden we're in the wild card. 
And then they lost like four out of six or something right there in the last week. Yeah, and it was like, well, there they go, you know. So um, I don't know if that was just, a, you know, last year was kind of weird. I, feel, I don't know why. I just thought last year had like a weird feel to it. Some teams were overperforming, some were severely underperforming. It was kind of a, you know, you have the team that won the World Series that was, was, was <laughs> yeah, I mean. August, halfway through August, they were like, this team's not good. And yeah. they lost their best player, one of the best players in baseball, and then they won the World Series. Yeah, so I, I think I, I chalk last year up to being a little a little odd. Do we see some of that stuff again? Sure. 60-game season the year before, 162 again. COVID's still around. This year, I think we're going to be, everything's going to settle up as long as the CBA comes around. Yeah. Um, you're going to see a little bit more normalcy, I guess you could say. So, yeah, I, I could see. Maybe a little less streaks going. I would like to think because every team was streaking. There were times where the A's were streaking, the Red Sox. The A's the, lost what? Yeah, nine start the year, then they won like twenty in a row. Yeah, so I, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why it was that was happening last year, but um, but we'll see if that continues for them. If that's just uh, maybe that was a product of last year. If that was a product of how they play, I think it's a little bit of both. I think they do play stadium, like that. Stadium switch. Yeah, definitely a big thing in the middle of the year. Different environment. All of a sudden, you know, it does change things. Different, different, different travel. You know, it yeah. it changes shit. Um, so uh, you know, I I mean, obviously that affects all teams, but for them specifically, those that with the stadium switch was was unique to them. Um, I think they're really good. I think they're at least a wild card contender, and I think that they could push the division. This division's hard to peg, honestly, especially without seeing what where the chips fall with the free agents. I think this team's really this uh, division's really hard to pick out. Like who's the team? You know, you saw last year what the the four teams were at, had at least like eighty some wins, like we're at least above five hundred. I think I think they're all, all ninety teams, wins. Yeah, all four teams at one point it was late in the season. They were all within like two games. Yeah, you could, you know, you could have been leading a division and one of the better teams in the AL, or you could have been you know. Bottom dweller with the Orioles. That's yes. quite a jump. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's still where the division sits, truthfully. I think that it's it's kind of hard to say. You know, you like to say a team like the Yankees maybe has the most talent, but that doesn't equate to a division title. So, uh, you know, I, I'm having a hard time. I don't even know where I'm going to – I don't even have an idea yet where I'm going to predict because, truthfully, a lot of these – you know, I could see, like, two at least two of these teams changing quite a bit with the, with the release of the CBA and free agency. You can see two of these teams in the ALCS against each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you can see three of these teams – Four, well, not four, but you can see at least three of these teams sitting home, not even making the playoffs. Or you yeah. can see two of these teams facing each other in the ALCS. This mm-hmm. kind of division is kind of just nuts, and with the pieces still out there to get, you can go from being hanging around with the Orioles and the top draft pick, or you could be hanging around with the World Series, you know, championship trophy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it always comes down to. We'll see, and it, more so this year with the with the free agency is going to make a big difference. Um, I think the talent is just going to. I don't think it's going to shift so much. That it's like a seismic shift where it's like, well, this team's now clearly the best. But I think that um, there's pieces out there that can do it, though. Oh Someone yeah, for really sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so you know, I think it's probably one of, if not the most exciting division in baseball. I think there's a few out there that can become like that too. You know, the West. Out there, the NL West is like that. The AL West could quickly become like that with some of those teams. The NL Central. The it's NL nuts. Central and the NL East is is can get a little dicey the now. You just never know anymore. Yeah. Both East. Central's, yeah. NL Central's going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's certainly divisions like that. It's good to see that teams are trying to compete, but... This one's hard for me to peg down, and this is between the two of us probably the most our most watched division, I would say. You know, I, I mean, being you know Yankee fans, we see these teams quite a bit, and just they're, they're in our team. region. Yeah, they're so, local teams to us. Yeah, so I mean, you know, we generally see these teams a lot. And for me personally, I don't know how you feel, but it's hard for me to really say, well, this team's definitely doing it. It's, yeah, yeah, it's you know, it could go either way for a lot of them. So yeah, four of these teams are within five hour drive of us. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, we we see them quite a bit. So 
But yeah, I, that's kind of what the AL East for right now before free agency kicks back in is kind of looking like and where yeah. we th- at least think the teams kind of slot in. Yeah. You know? um, it's an exciting division with some good talent, some some depth, some some veteran players, some league leaders, MVP candidates, Cy Young candidates, um, some prospects. So this is a good division. This is one of the better fighting divisions um, as of now on paper. So And that's kind of what you look for if you're a baseball fan. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You want a you want a competition. You don't want like that AL Central last year where it was just like it was May and the season was over. Right? Yeah, yeah. So. Nothing like that. And it hurt it hurt the White Sox too. I think doing that. Yeah. Otherwise, that's pretty much all I got here. You know, with the five teams, um, obviously this all could change, and even our some of our info could be a little outdated with just not having the websites and the team pages being able to use pictures of the teams and players and using them and deals not being official. And so. Well, this gives you an idea. Mm. Gives you a good good piece. So gives you a baseline at least. Hopes it you helps know. you. Yeah. But the last little bit here I got is the trivia question. And the trivia question this week is which franchise has hit for the most cycles in MLB history. So the answer is the Pittsburgh Pirates. They hit for twenty two. And the reason I brought this question up, I know, but I usually try keeping it with what we're talking about. We are talking about the AL East. The team with the most in the AL is the Red Sox. So there's the AL East twist into it. So mm. the most cycles hit by a franchise in MLB history is the Pittsburgh Pirates with 22. The most in the AL is the Red Sox with 19. And there is one single franchise who has yet to hit a cycle, and that is the Marlins. Which is weird. That just struck me Especially as weird. Especially with a huge ballpark anymore. Yeah. you got to think triples are going to happen. Mm. Maybe Jazz Chisholm can do it or something, you know, someone yeah, like that. Yeah, they had and Stanton and Marcel Zuna. Mm-hmm. JT Real Muto seems like a perfect candidate for it, right? Yeah, you think someone would do it. And D Gordon hit a home run once. You got to think the rest of it's got to be almost easy for him, you but, know? Yeah. And then Juan Pierre, I know he didn't have many home runs, but inside of Parker, he hit the triples. Sheffield, Piazza, Luis Castillo, Cliff Floyd. I mean, you, you go, there's a lot of players over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Derek Lee, I think, was there for a while. Dan Ugla. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have a really good day. Anyone can do it on any yeah, day. You yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much a trivia right there. Um, it does have some sort of relate, relation to the A, at least. Um, yeah. But that's a, I think like that was a good one because uh, cycles are kind of like no hitters, number wise. Mm. No hitters are about like 380, right? something like that, right? Yeah, something Cycles are like, like 350, so they're pretty similar. You kind of know, right? They don't happen a bunch. So when it happens, they're pretty cool, but they're not like perfect games or yeah they're not so like rare but they're definitely you know monuments to put on your resume yeah sure you only get maybe you get a few a year you know it's like you know if yeah, you get one or two three. you know i think Beltre and a couple of other guys are tied with three in their whole careers that's so, a, yeah i mean you get one you're a third of the way there right yeah exactly so it is you know monumental and put on your resume and it puts you kind of attached to history for the rest of your, you know your life yeah yeah absolutely yeah, it's a good one. You know, the Pirates make sense. They've been around a while. Um, they've had some good teams over the years. So um, I don't know how many of those came early, early, because I would think that a lot of cycles might have come early just because of the nature of how baseball used to be. You know, inside the park home run and a triple might be a little bit more prevalent back then than it was now. Um, not many of them are really going over the fence until Babe Ruth. So, you know, you never know. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to look up exactly what years these, you know, they happen. So especially with some of these parks that were 530 feet to center field and yeah. like walls and trains rolling through the field and yeah, you get a little bit more, a little bit more help, you know. So yeah, so you never, you never know what you're gonna get. So no, but yeah, that's that was a pretty interesting question there. I thought, and it was kind of surprising. Now, 
completely surprising with the Pirates and the Red Sox, but like when I seen Pirates, I was, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, not the first th- team you thought yeah, of. Yeah, you kind of think maybe, you know, Cardinals, Dodgers, Reds, the oldest team, you know, Giants, okay. That kind mm. of makes sense. Cubs even with the bigger bigger Wrigley Field and the brick wall. and yeah. Wind pushes one day and, you know, you're mac- mashing the ball, right? So, yeah. but then you see Pirates, like, yeah, they're older team, just kind of a little surprising. Right. Because they've had some bad stretches over the years, but it doesn't take much to hit us. You know, it doesn't take being great to hit a cycle. Yeah, you just have a good day. You know, really, that's all it takes. Or it doesn't yeah, but... fast. I've seen Benji Millian hit a cycle at Fenway, so he had a triple at Fenway. Yeah. And he was <laughs> as slow as they come. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, you know, we'll see. And we'll also see who gets cycles next year. Maybe that number, you know, changes for the Red Sox, and maybe they get a little closer. I don't know. You know, you never know. And then you got DH... Most, almost, I think it's almost, it is guaranteed that the H will be coming to the NL. So that yeah. can help the NL teams, the Pirates, since I have the pitcher hanging or hitting it over there, right? Yeah, you have an extra guy in the lineup that could uh, so. put one out of the park and put one in the corner and get a triple or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. And with that being said, a quick note is the CBA and or the Players Association, the MLB, is meeting all week, starting today. Monday, met for three, four hours today. I uh, got some good, good work done. They already have a lot of things done. They have... Um, a lot of the small things signed on. They have a contract already signed, too, that if the major economic issues come pretty close to each other, they will end the lockout and start the season on time without the deal actually being officially signed. So that's very good news. Um, they're meeting all week, multiple times a week, long periods throughout the week. With a deal set on the 28th, it needs to be done to have the season start on time. And I believe the players need to be in spring training by March 3rd to have the season start on time. So we'll be okay. I think things are trending in the right direction. It's just, of course, negotiations have to come to the end because that's when you hold the most, you know, hold the most weight is when you push, you know, the envelope the hardest. Yeah, right. But that was a quick CBA update where baseball is on the horizon of actually being signed and actually getting back on the field with the weather turning. Spring training was supposed to start last week. I mean, the itch to play baseball, football's over. You know, basketball's at its all-star break. Hockey's after its all-star break. You know, you got March Madness coming. You think, oh, March Madness... Uh, football's over. March Madness is coming. Racing's here, right? With Daytona 500. So there's some big piece in the middle that we're missing. Hmm. Only for us, at least, a big piece. It's it's baseball. Yeah, right. So, you know, it just seems like that's, you know, it's all oh, it's warm weather. It's baseball season. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I I haven't even concerned myself so much with the teams yet because there's no final picture to a lot of these teams. So like sometimes I was looking at the charts. I was like, is that right? I I forget. You know, it's like it's it's just a weird, it's weird. You know, it's a weird situation right now. But like you said, I think that they'll, you know, time is the essence. They know that. We know that. And I don't think that they'll dilly-dally too long, you know. Of course, they'll fight, and they'll try to get every little inch that they can. Oh, yeah. But okay. and that's just negotiating, though. So, yeah. you Millionaires know. versus billionaires. It's, yeah, that's what it comes down to. So Yeah, and um, schmucks like me and you. And we're just waiting for them to out. figure it out. Yeah, yeah we miss out. But, yeah. you know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. So, um, but we'll be, it's on the horizon. Yeah, well, like I said, time and, is and of the essence. And all the people you see, too, because all of them are like, baseball's never coming back forever. You always see that, right? <laughs> no. It, 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 it will be here. I'm not sweating it. I think Mike's sweating it too much. He sweats all the time. But sure. we expect baseball to be back here pretty soon. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty... We have a lot of good pieces going, you know, the right direction. So we'll be, we'll be right there. Yep. And, you know... Some of these people are signed, big money handed out. You don't sign a bunch of people and hand a bunch of big money out before CBA if you don't expect one to come back because otherwise you're just dishing money out for nothing. Yeah. Right? 
and we'll show video game coming out. So a lot of good things coming. Seasons right here. We just got to get the piece of paper signed and find out a couple new rules, new things. Expanded playoffs is ex- expected. I've seen a a thing of what they're thinking it's going to look like, and that could be. It's not my favorite, but could be exciting. So DH expected for both leagues. So um, there's some cool things coming. Yeah, draft lottery I think is different. Um, yeah. You know, which I, I'm not a huge fan of, but I understand it. The draft pick arbitration on free agency that could change free agent pools big time too. You're not giving up yeah. third and fourth round picks. It's, yep. Could be lower, could be no picks. Um, more taxes on teams to make them spend more. So there's a lot of good things that can come out. Um, there's going to be a lot of similar things that we don't ever see the different side of because we're not in the game. We're not the percentage. We're not getting paid by baseball. Yeah, Those so. are where most of the big things are going to come from. But we'll see some of the other things. Um, and we expect deals to be done soon. And we just hope baseball will be back here. And we, we feel pretty confident in that. We, we, I feel like we felt pretty confident the whole time. Yeah. Our date ranges were a little different than what actually happened because I think we were a little bit more optimistic. But uh, we're not. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not That's surprised. No, I thought more <laughs> you know. mid-January. is kind of be like, hey, let's go, right? Mm-hmm. But we're now at the end of February. So we're all right, though. We, we felt baseball was, was coming back. We didn't expect, you know. Like they would go into April like, oh, we don't have one, you know, yeah. nothing like the that. The biggest problem you're going to see is if it does delay the season, they're going to be like, oh, we already, we already delayed the season even by a couple of days. We might as well go hard at yeah. our points now. So if you see it's some sort of delay in the actual regular season, then you have to be worried because then they're like, oh, we already did it a little bit. We might as well just go nuts. Yeah, yeah, they then could, we can do least. what we want. Yeah. So, but we don't expect any of that. I expect baseball back here soon and a, and a big announcement coming. Um, within the next couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, who knows, maybe by next episode or by the time we're on the NL predictions, we can have better, even better predictions. So, um, so we'll, the, again, when it comes down to, we'll say we don't have control over when I'm LB, you know, we're not an owner. We're not a player. So it is yeah. what it is. We're not man clown. No, no. A lot of players were calling. Uh, yeah. Manfred, Deservedly, man, I think. Clown, but. Yeah. So, um, but we'll have an answer soon and we'll continue to chug along like we always do. Yep. Cause we've had, just quite the hurdles in the first three years of this problem. We sure, process. we sure have, we so, sure have. <laughs> so next year, who knows what brings aliens or something? Yeah, so, something. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. I don't have much else. There's not much to update on other than the CBA. So I don't know if you have anything else. But no, I just gave a couple minute update on the CBA because we are closing in on dates and regular season and actual updates on it. So I figured we can throw that out there. But otherwise, that's our AL East, AL Central next week. And, uh, you know, and, and every week we're, we're back from here on out weekly. Yep. So you can expect a new podcast every Wednesday unless, uh, you know, unless there's a delay in our recording or something Wednesday like that. Or but Thursday at the very least is yeah. you know, when it's up. So, mm-hmm. um, but weekly from here on out, unless there's some sort of big bad news with CBA that could change our, our plans too. But as of now, it's weekly and we expect that until November. <laughs> yeah. Until the end of the season, really until after that's all done. So. Um, so yeah, we'll continue with that, but, uh, I think that's about it. So I guess we'll just wrap this one up and move on to the NL central next week. Yep. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple podcasts as well as Google podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at real Michael Pree. You can follow me on Instagram at Michael Pree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.